listening to the Word of Empowerment with Reverend Prosper Asamoa of Victory Bible Church International, Love Sanctuary, Takrade, where Jesus is exalted and His love demonstrated. Now, the message for today. This morning, I want to teach on something that I term spiritual geography. Spiritual geography. Some people call it cosmic geography, but that makes it a bit cosmic. So I want to use <laughs> spiritual geography. Hallelujah. It is important that I go back to our previous lessons and we refresh our minds. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy 32, verse 8. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, he divided, he divided mankind. Let me read again. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. But the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted heritage. Moses was referring to something. He says, when God gave the nations their inheritance, he divided mankind and fixed the borders of the nations according to the sons of God. So there was a time, and that time that he was referring to is at the Tower of Babel, when God divided mankind and gave mankind the nations, his dispersed man, because man was trying to build a temple where all the gods would be. But God's original plan was to be all over the world. He didn't want to be consecrated, consecrated at one place. So he said no. He would disperse man, so he dispersed man. In fact, they wanted to build, so they would not be dispersed. But because of what they were doing, he actually dispersed them. And he gave them nations. He gave them nations and gave them according to the gods. So the gods were ruling the nations. That's why in Psalm 82, we see that God was reprimanding them the way they were ruling the nations. Some of the gods got corrupt. And he was reprimanding them on the way they were ruling the nations. And it is all over scripture. God has a council and some of those gods got corrupt. But moving on, today, like I said, we don't talk about spiritual geography. In the mindset or in the worldview of the people in those times, ancient Near East, God's rule over territories. Every territory, every landmass is controlled by God. Every, there's a lot of, there are a lot of gods and they control various areas. They control various areas. Hallelujah. So every ground is either controlled by the Most High God or is controlled by another God. So every land, 
every place, every place on earth is under control. That's one thing we must get first. That's why I went to quote that God dispersed the nation, dispersed the people and gave God's in charge of the people. So every land has a God controlling it. Are we, are we okay with that? And once every land has God controlling it, then it means that if it is not the most high God controlling it, it is another God controlling it. So a ground is either holy, meaning that the most high is in charge, or it is being controlled by the other gods. Let's look at scripture. There was a time that David was being chased around. First Samuel chapter 26, verse 19 and 20. If you have the Good News Bible or NLT, New Living Translation. It says, your majesty, listen to what I have to say. This is David speaking. If it is the Lord who has turned you against me, an offering to him will make him change his mind. But if it is some people who have done it, may the Lord's curse fall on them. For they have driven me out of the Lord's land to a country where I can only worship foreign gods. David had been chased out. So he left Israel and he went to a foreign land. And by their understanding, by their worldview, the land of Israel is controlled by God. So they worship God there. But the moment he was pushed out of Israel to another land, another country, another nation, that means that the God that is there is not Jehovah. So then he is forced, you'll be forced to worship that God. Now you ask, we, we, are, we are taught that God is everywhere at every time. It's not true. God can be everywhere but he's not everywhere. He can be everywhere. He has the power and authority. He has the ability. His attributes say that he can be everywhere. He can choose to be everywhere, but he's not always everywhere. It is where he has put his name that he will be. Where he is called upon, there he will come. Hallelujah. As we are doing this, we must be, we will be changing some of the doctrines that we have. Some of the doctrines, it, it sounds good. Oh, God is so powerful that he's everywhere. He's so, he's powerful. So he can do everything. Everything is in his hands. He's controlling everything. So everything that happens, it is God. Then you are asked, why did they allow that small child to die? Why did they allow earthquake? Why did they allow that? Then you see that then you are locked in. No. He is very powerful. He can do anything he wants to do. But he doesn't do everything he wants to do. Hallelujah. So he can be everywhere. But he's not everywhere. So a ground is either holy. That means God is in charge. Or it is the domain of other gods. So David was saying that now he has been pushed out of the Lord's land to go to another land to go and worship other gods. So that makes it clear to us. But let's read another scripture. 
is very interesting. It's about Naaman. Naaman was a Syria general. He was the commander of the Syria army, but he was a leper. And so one of their raids, they came to defeat Israel, and they took some people from Israel. So one of his servants was a small lady, was a lady, an Israelite. And he, he said, if Naaman could go to Israel, there's a prophet there that could heal him. So Naaman got information, and he actually went to Israel. When he went, he went to Elisha, eventually went to Elisha. Elisha didn't come out of his house. Elisha was in his room, and he sent for him to go and tell him that he should go and wash him in the Jordan seven times. The man was furious, but eventually his other soldiers prevailed upon him to go and do it. So he did it, and he, he was cleansed of the leprosy. Then he was astounded. He was surprised. He was shocked. Let's see what he says. Second Kings chapter 5. Let's read from verse 15. I trust this. Second Kings chapter 5. It says, He returned to Elisha with all his men and said, Now I know there is no God but the God of Israel. Hallelujah. And you hear these statements in the Bible a lot. Oh, there's no other God. It's not saying that there doesn't exist any God. It means that there's no God comparable to our God. So you read, there's no God. There's no God anywhere. If I say there's me, I don't see any woman in this place. Rosemont is the only woman I see. It doesn't mean that there are no women. But it means that none is comparable to her. Hallelujah. So in the Bible, when they say there's no God, it's not saying that really there's no other God. It means that there's none in the class of God. There's none comparable to him. He says, now I know there's no God but the God of Israel. So please say, accept a gift from me. Elisha refused. Let's go to verse 16. And Elisha answered, by the living Lord, whom I serve, I swear that I will not accept a gift. Naaman insisted but that he accept it, but he would not. So Elisha refused to accept the gift. Now let's go to verse 17. So Naaman said, if you won't accept my gift, then let me have two mule loads of earth to take home with me, because from now I will not offer sacrifices or burnt offerings to any God except the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, let me take earth. The, the animals he brought, mule is like a camel, animals he brought that carried the, the goods he brought. He says, you want to carry earth. You want to take sand, put it that way. You want to take sand from Israel and take it to Syria. Why will he want to take sand from Israel to Syria? Let me take earth. Because from now on, he believes that God reigns on the earth of Israel. Because that was their worldview. In Syria, God does not reign on their earth. So God reigns in some places and he is not in some places. 
Shapatu Sakaya. Thank you, Lord. So that was understanding. That's the, the understanding of the near. He said that is the spiritual position. So that when he goes to his hometown and he puts the, the earth, the sand from Israel down and he steps on it, he is stepping on the land of the Most High God. He is not under the control of the God of, of Syria. Hallelujah. So he wanted to be in the presence of God because he believed that God reigns in places. There are boundaries. He said, God set the boundaries. Let me read Deuteronomy 32. He says, He sets the boundaries. So there are boundaries for God. That's why the God in your hometown, when you to harass you, He wants to con contact a God that is here to know when they ask you, Where do you stay? So where do you live? And then they are connecting. Then they will connect with the God because. Sometimes their boundaries are limited. Sometimes they can't go beyond. So they connect with your friend. You are saying that it's your grandmother that's doing you. You know the person, your auntie. You know he's, he's activating something against you. But he's not here. She's, not, she's far away. You know the gods of your hometown, the river, is causing trouble. You know that it doesn't allow people to prosper in your family. You know. You know, you know that there's something in your family back there in the village that doesn't make people succeed. You have left there, you've come all the way, but still it's affecting you. They are connecting. They may have boundaries, but they are connecting. They connect to other gods here, and they work in unison. In the spiritual world, it is more sophisticated than we have in the natural world. Hallelujah. So, this brings us, that gives us the idea of God ruling in places. So, God chose the Israelites. He chose Israel, and that's where he reigns. So what happens outside Israel? We can get a hint of this when God was moving with the Israelites from Egypt. Wherever the presence of God is, he reigns there. Wherever his presence is, he reigns there. So when you call upon God, even in the nations, you call upon Jehovah God in the nations where the other gods are ruling, God will come. But if you don't call upon him, the other gods there will be ruling. We'll come to some applications of all this. So when Joshua, let's take Joshua, because God was with Moses. When he was, they were moving from Egypt, he was in front of them, and behind them, like a, a, a pillar of a cloud and a, a pillar of fire, either day or night, his presence was with them. And whilst his presence was with them, he was ruling over them. His, his control, he was ruling over where they were. So everywhere they were, his presence was. That's why when they got some place, he said they should do an ark of the covenant. And that was his presence. So his presence was ruling there. So any God that was ruling in those nations, Anytime they carry the ark, they reach there, God takes charge over the atmosphere where the Israelites were. The other gods that were in charge. You know, that's why his presence was always with them. That's why the ark was done. So his presence will always be with them. Because God can be everywhere, but he's not everywhere. He's only where he is called upon, where his presence is. Hallelujah. Joshua. 
Joshua chapter 1. Verse 3 and 5. Yeah, Moses had died. He had called Joshua and he was talking to Joshua. Verse 3 to 4. It says, As I told Moses, I've given you and all my people the entire land that you will be marching over. He says, I've given you and all the people the entire land that you'll be marching over. Verse 4. Your borders will reach from the desert in the south to the Lebanon, to the north, the great river Euphrates, through the Hittite country to Mediterranean Sea. He was telling them the boundary. He says he will give it to them. Okay, verse 5. It says, Joshua, no one will be able to defeat you as long as you live. Why will no one be able to defeat him as long as he lives? He says, you will give him the land. You will expand him. It says, no one will be able to defeat him as long as he lives. I will be with you as I was with Moses. It is his presence that will make no one be able to defeat him, defeat you. If you want to be a winner, you must carry the presence of God all the time. We don't have to carry it some of the time. So outside, before they got into Israel, God was taking territories. Wherever they were, he was taking charge. He was taking charge. He was taking charge until they got to Israel. So outside Israel, the presence of God must be with you. And he says, I will be with you. I will always be with you. I will never abandon you. Give me ESV. He says, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. It means that constantly God's presence was with Joshua. And because his presence was with Joshua, no one can defeat them. And then they will take the lands. It is his presence that will make you take territories. It's the presence of God that will make you take territories. It's the presence of God that will make you a winner. It is his presence. It is his presence. Because sometimes we just assume that that's why we always say, let's have the presence of God. Let's pray. Let us pray. Let us read the Bible. Let us have fellowship with God. Because you must always call him and activate his presence. Because if you are cold, what happens is that you get the other goals to come and take charge of your environment. That's why Paul said it. That he, Paul was talking to the, how do you call them? The Gentiles. God, Paul was talk, speaking to the Gentiles. He was preaching to the Gentiles when he wrote Ephesians. In the Gentile world, the other gods were ruling. In Israel, God rules. In the Gentile world, the other gods were ruling. So when Paul was talking to them, he was saying, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, we quote it very often because it's one of the scriptures that really tells you the mindset of Paul, or his understanding of spiritual things. And even though he didn't mention the same terms as an Israelite would mention, he was bringing out the same point. He says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers. When you mention a ruler, it means that there's a domain, there's a place that he rules. So there are rulers. He was talking about the gods. There are rulers. They are ruling over a particular place. So these are geographical. This morning, I see we are talking about spiritual geography. Geography is physical. Spiritual is heavenly. So spiritual geography, how the spirit controls or is in charge of various geographical locations. So it says we are fighting against rulers, 
against authority. If there's an authority, it means that he's in charge of a domain. Against cosmic powers, heavenly powers. When we say heavenly power, it doesn't mean heaven where God dwells. It means spirit in the spiritual realm. Heavenly powers, spiritual powers in this present darkness against spiritual forces of evil. And these are all forces that operate in geographical domains. So it is a tough war, not tough as difficult. It is a war that is about space. This God wants to control this space, and then Jehovah God wants to take over this space. So there's always a conflict. That's where the conflict is. When Israel go to war, we read in the Bible that they went to war and they defeated Amalekites, they defeated these people, the Philistines, and so on. The war is a spiritual war. It is a contention between the Most High God and the other gods to take over. It is spiritual and physical. But when we read our Bible, we see it as a physical war. No, it's a spiritual war. It is it's a contention to take over. God wanted to take over all the lands because God had promised that through Abraham, all the nations will come to know God. So it means that God now from Israel is going to go out and defeat nations and take over nations so that all the nations will eventually come back to God because that's the original intention of God. Through Abraham, the whole world will come to know God. So when we are we're going there to win, the, to, to fight the world, to get the world for God, we are going to contend. We are going to contend with spirits. We are going to contend with powers. We are contending. When you want to succeed in your life, you want to succeed, it, you are contending. Because there are powers that want to take charge of that thing that you want. But you want to take it for God. So our mindset, our objective it's to succeed for God. It's to, it's to take territories for God. It's to make money for God. That should be our mindset. If you are doing it for yourself, then you are on your own. Because you need God to be able to succeed in taking the thing from the other gods. You need the mighty God, almighty God. You need the most high God. Am I making sense to somebody? So, get it straight that it is a war for space, a war for geographical control, a war for authority, and it is a spiritual war. Your personal life, everything, once you are a Christian, it means that you are against the other gods. And so anything that you want to take, you are taking it for God, and the other gods want to fight you. That's why they always find ways of convincing you or talking to you or deceiving you not to fight, not to pray, not to seek God, not to carry the presence of God. But you can't succeed without carrying the presence of God. The territories are taken by the presence of God. God can be everywhere, but he's not everywhere. You must carry his presence. Build up yourself to carry the presence of God. We must build ourselves to carry, because God's presence anywhere will take charge of the place. So now, how do we take charge of the place? We must build up ourselves so that we can carry his presence. Jude 
20. It says, building up yourself in the Holy Ghost. Building up yourself in the most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. So as you pray in the Holy Spirit, you are building up yourself. You are building up yourself to carry the presence of God. You are, carry, you are building up yourself to have faith. It's the presence of God that gives you that thing that we call faith. When the presence of God is with you, you know that there's an ability with you that is beyond your normal ability. You know there's a power within you that can do things. It is the presence of God that is faith. Without the presence of God, that thing that we call faith doesn't exist. It's the presence of God that gives you faith. Because when you read his word, he said, faith comes by reality. When you know his word, you meditate upon his word. His presence is with you. Then you can do things. Then you can take territories. You can expand that business. You can do what you must do. Because it's a presence. We need the presence of God because the gods have been given lands and they are in charge. They have been given territories and they are in charge. They have been given nations. They've taken over industries. They've taken over various things. The media, they've taken over. But we need the presence of God. We need power from on high to take over. It is a tough war. It's a war for space. War for authority. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14.4, it says, the one who speaks in tongues edifies himself. So you need to edify yourself. You need to build up yourself. The same thing Jude said. You need to build up yourself in speaking in tongues. As you speak in tongues, you are making yourself stronger and not physically. You go to the gym to make yourself physical, physically strong. But you pray in tongues to make yourself spiritually strong. Build up yourself. The one who speaks in tongues builds up himself. You are macho in the spirit. And your macho-ness in the spirit brings the presence of God. Hallelujah. I'm talking about spiritual geography. How the spirit controls the physical space. So we just, you can't be walking. I'll give you, we'll, we'll, we'll look at some life applications. It is our duty to make sure that God is in control of every space. It's our duty that we take the nations for God. And it's the duty of the church. Today, I'm quoting scripture because these things I'm teaching, some may be new. The worldview is new to many people. So I must quote scripture so you know that I'm not Take it from my head. That's why I quote a lot of scripture. I can preach without talking, quoting, but I want to quote so that you know. When you go home, go and read. Do, do you read your notes when you go home? But go and listen. Get a tape to go and listen. Get the. Now we don't have tape. We don't even have CD. Get the soft copy. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. And to bring to light to everyone what is the plan of the mystery. Hidden for ages in God, who created all things. There's a mystery that is hidden in God, who created all things. There's a mystery. So that through the church, through the church, we have a responsibility here, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known. So it is through the church that the wisdom of God will be made known. That's the mystery that has been hidden for years. But not known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. We must make the mystery be known, the wisdom of God. 
And the what's the wisdom of God? The wisdom of God is that we are now in Christ. And Christ is in us. If Christ is in you, then we are ruling with Christ. If you are ruling with Christ above all principalities and powers. When we are ruling with Christ above all principalities and powers, then we can take charge. The presence of God, the presence of Jesus inside us. And it's not just that one born-again experience. That one born-again experience can translate you to heaven, finished. But for you to take charge on this earth, you need a continuous presence of the Holy Spirit. You need a pres continual presence of God. And you need to continue praying in tongues, con continue your work, your fellowship with God, to have his presence around you all the time. With his presence, you are able to take charge of territories. Hallelujah. And it is true, the church. We've offered many opportunities. Actually, Friday evening, we say, let's come and pray. But when we pray, we charge ourselves. We charge ourselves to carry his presence. And this place is a, a blessed land. Talking about territories. Talking about territories and taking over territories. We carry the presence of God. So wherever we go, we take territories. When we came here, and the gods were here, it's not like story, you hear some of this story, but this one, we, the people involved in the matter, we are alive, we are here. So it's not like, some, they, say, they say that some time ago, there was some, no. I'm saying some time ago, me, I was present. We bought this land. And then wanted to build our church. We were building. But every, apparently, those who live here around, they were all waiting for us to see how we start dying. They didn't know what we were doing. They didn't know what we were building. It was too nice. Nobody thought that it was a church building. So they were waiting for us to die. Because people who had come to buy this land in the past couldn't make it. They had deaths in their family, bankruptcy, and everything. So they were expecting that something bad would happen to us. But we built. When we started church, one of the very few services, then the linguist from the chief came. They say that the land is for the gods. So why have we built a church on the land for the gods? So we should come to him. I sent Pastor Do several times. I sent him with some people. Each time the people run away, they go alone. When they go once, the next time they won't go. Until one day, I decided to go myself. I was working, so one day I was on leave. It was a holiday. 1st July, 2010, I went myself. It was a Thursday. I went myself and told them that we have come. We've bought the land. We paid for it, so we've come. They said, no, they want to do Bura here for the God. I said, no, we can't be here with Bura. We can't be here with the God. They said, no, if I can't be here with him, then I came to meet him. So, I came to meet the God. I came to meet him, so I must leave. I said, we shall see. Then we left. Finish. After several... Mems, they, came, they went to Adayosin, his home. One of the elders went there and said, uh, your pastor thinks he's stubborn. We'll deal with him. But the gods are worrying us. When you, they left here, they are looking for a place to perch, but they cannot get. They went to the god at the station, and the god at the station refused to give them a perching place. They wanted to squat there. The gods at the station said no. They won't allow them. So they are worrying them, the elders and the chiefs of energy. Hallelujah. The gods, they take territories. They take places. But we came 
with the Most High God and we're able to dislodge them. It is a practical thing. It is, it is real. It sounds like stories to some of us. We want Christianity to be just, oh, I'm born again, and then we come and dance more, and that's what If this place was Echo Bank, this morning, everybody will appear in the uniform. Everybody. But we don't know that coming here, you are coming to step on holy grounds. I pray that they come to the second service. Hallelujah. We took over the land because they are taking this place. Today, people are begging that they want to pass here. They want to be using this place as a thoroughfare. Nobody passed here. Nobody can pass here. Because everybody knew that this was a cursed place. Those who live around here asked them. Everybody knew this was a fetish, a, a, a God-controlled a, a, a land. Not Jehovah God. But we took over. And they confessed. I heard one story. They said, I'd put the God in a... Tio, you told me that. I'd put the God in a bottle and I've covered it. And I've thrown it into the sea. I, I, I don't know how. But in the spiritual realm, that's what I've done. They are no more here. They can't be here. They cannot come. They cannot. We finish. We finish with them. And that's what you must do in your life. Take charge. The gods, they are there. They are powerful. But you have a God that is more powerful. What I'm saying is that take charge of your places. Take charge of where you are. Listen, when you go and rent a house, everywhere, every space is, every space is controlled by a God. Either the Most High God or some evil God. Know that and keep it in your mind. Some of you, when you rent houses, we say when you go and rent a house, tell the pastor to go and pray for you. Sometimes before you even pay, tell the pastor to go and pray in the house before you even pay the money. We go, we scan. But I pray that you also carry the power yourself so that you can be able to scan. Before you go and rent your house or you go, pray, pray, pray. Seek God in prayer and charge yourself. When you walk there, if there's an evil God, evil spirit, you know. Recently, Enoch, where is Enoch? He's here, he's not come. The IT guy, one of our acquired members. Enoch went to rent a house. I told him, when you, to rent, you are going to rent, make sure Pastor Van goes to see the place before you pay. Because you made a few mistakes. Be sure. He said, okay. But he went to rent a house. He paid. He was in a hurry. He paid. Then he called Pastor Van to go and pray. Pastor Van went. He was not comfortable with the place, but he prayed. He said, he has paid already. Pastor, what can we do? So, he has prayed. He, so, he prayed and he left. Since Pastor Van went to pray and leave, the landlord said he won't give the house to the guy. That, he has paid the money. So, he won't give the house. Why? Because there's some in the spiritual realm. What Pastor Van felt? He prayed and took charge. It means that there was a spirit there. Eventually, he has given the money to him to go and look for another house. Because he cannot contend with our God. The spirits, they reign in places. I'm teaching this. Why? So that we can apply it to our lives. We must have the presence of God, the power of God with us so that anywhere we stay. He says, wherever the sole of your feet shall tread, I give it to you. He told Joshua, outside Israel, 
as a Christian, wherever your soul, the soul of your feet tread, you must take charge. Cry. You must take charge. When I go to my hometown, when I get to the outskirts, I told you before, I take my blood from my car, I pour it on the outskirts. I pour it. I declare that this land is for God. Jesus has died, and I, this is his blood. His blood is speaking for me. I silence every God. When I get to my family house, I get down from the car, I take my blood, I pour it there. The gods of the family. I silence them. I do it openly. They, they, they are standing there. They are watching me. I will prosper. I will prosper. I will prosper. I will do my thing before I respond. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then I'm in town. Fine. Cool. We are all laughing. We are all doing everything. But I've taken charge. They can't do foco. You must take charge. If you don't take charge, you'll be walking in this world and powers will be controlling you. And many of us, it is not because of what somebody is doing. It's because we ourselves, we are not doing what we must do. What the witch will do, they will do. What the fetish will do, they will keep on doing. But you must also do what you do. If you do what you do, they cannot do anything. I have battles I'm fighting. I know. But I'm confident that I will not lose those battles. Whatever that God has put into my hand, I'll bring it to a completion because his presence is with me. And that's where I want everyone to be. The presence of God should be with you in everything that you do. Hallelujah. In your workplace, in your workplace, there are issues. And sometimes you go to your workplace and people are, people are undermining you. Sometimes it is not physical. It's not natural. It is spiritual. They are undermining you because your spirit it's conflicting with their spirit. And so they are undermining you. Take charge. Don't take it as personal. Say, hmm, he doesn't like me. This woman doesn't like me. This woman is always talking about me. And then you are crying. You go home and you are crying to your husband. And No. Deal with him. Deal with her. Deal with her. Take charge spiritually. And eventually, what they may do is, if they have power, they can sack you. If they don't have power to sack you, they frustrate you. Or sometimes they will run away. But if you are the boss... There's no way that your genius staff should use any evil God against you. You must be in charge. You must be in charge. If you are the genius staff, if you are, you are the, your superior is using an evil spirit, you must be in charge. Frustrate him. Let his spirit know that, yes, you have a prayer. He says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But that greater, is he really in you? We quote it, but do we really activate the greater one in us? We activate it by prayer. Prayer. Study of the word, but prayer, prayer, prayer. I want to see all of us at prayer meetings. So we charge ourselves. When we go home, we are praying. When we come together, we are praying. Then when you charge yourself, anywhere you go, you are in charge. Because the gods rule in places. Hallelujah. In my workplace, I used to work in a place. The man was a Muslim. The, my boss was a Muslim. I didn't understand these spiritual things much at that time. But it was every time there was there was fight, there was there was always tension. He would refuse my promotion. Now I know. But even that time, Pastor Ado was not a pastor, he was just my son, he was just a construction worker. But he was seeing. You see, he didn't know him, but you see that I see a man like an Indian. And this, 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 I was fighting him. He was fighting. He was doing this, taking this from you, and that sort of thing. It was, it was a spirit. It was a death war. Death war. It's, it's fighting for space. He wants to be there forever. 
your workplace, take charge. Take charge. Spiritual geography is real. How the spiritual realm affects our geography. In your business, you must take charge before you go to your business. Every time, make sure the presence of God is in your business. You see, somebody can walk, and all this I'm saying, somebody can walk into your business, your business place, and he brings an evil spirit. He walks away, and psh, business is down. Once in a while, the person will come again. But if you are sensitive, you know that this person, anytime the person comes and goes, you have a problem. But you must take charge. You can't go and say, oh, you, when you come to my business, I don't make sales. That's a physical war. Take charge. Let your presence, let the presence of God with you be so strong that the person cannot even come. Takwa went, Takwa some time ago. There was a lady, Auntie Agi. She had a small provision store. Every time she wants mommy to come and come and pass there. Because she says anytime mommy comes to visit her and stays there, when she goes, the sales that she makes, it's unbelievable. Because she carries a presence. And you must carry that presence with you to your business every day day. Every day. Listen, there's something I've been saying. I'm now understanding. You could be there with your husband. Fine. There's no quarrel. There's no problem. Fine. You may get a visitor. The visitor will come. Quiet. He will not say anything evil. He will not do anything evil. But suddenly, there's trouble between you. You'll be quarreling over unnecessary things. You don't know where the trouble is coming from. The person has brought an evil spirit. He has brought some evil influence. The gods that are following him are different. You bring quarrel between you. You can never trace that quarrel to what the person did physically or said or anything. But spiritually, that quarrel is to the person. You must be sensitive. When your wife says, I'm not comfortable with this person, understand. A phone call. Pastor, I say phone, sometimes phone call. Somebody will call you. Then suddenly, you see that your, your focus changes. You change and things start going wrong for you. Be careful. Be careful. If you look at my phone, I've blocked some plenty numbers. I'll block you. It's my phone. It's my phone. Some I block them. Some I, I rebuke them. Finish. Take charge. Hallelujah. God gave the nations to the gods. And he took Israel for himself. And the land of Israel is where he reigns. But his ultimate plan is to take the nations for God. He sent Paul to the nations with the word. So as he goes to the nations, as we know the word of God and we take the presence of God, our pres the presence of God in us will take spaces for God. So then we start taking the nations for God. That's why Paul tried to take the nations for God. He traveled from nation to nation. This is a bit biblical studies. I will not go too deep. He took the nations for God. The nations, the known world at that time. He went to all except Spain. So he said, I must go to Spain. He wrote it in Acts. I must go to Spain because that was the final nation that he must go with the presence of God to take the whole world for God. But he couldn't get to Spain. But we will go to Spain. Will take every territory for God in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the presence of God be with you and take territories because God has given us His presence. And by His presence, wherever we step, wherever the soul of our fish are tread, we will take it. May you take 
territories. May you take control over your territories. Your business, may you take control. In your family, may you take control. In whatever you do, may you take control. The house that you have rented, may you be in control. May the presence of God in you cause you to take charge over any other God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Put your hands together and celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Listening to the Word of Empowerment with Victory Bible Church International, Love Sanctuary Takrade. We love because He first loved us. Right